You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So the the uh, the issue was a person from here in town, a person from here in Chicago, went ahead and uh, contacted, was uh, was going to Lakewood for a chasana, because uh, that's where all chasanas take place at this point. And uh, in order to get there, so generally the cheapest airport to fly into is Philadelphia. Lakewood is like equidistant, equidistant from Philadelphia as well as Newark. And Philadelphia will often get you the cheaper, uh, the cheaper uh, flights and whatnot. So a person was flying into Philadelphia and he saw in one of these uh, weekly advertising magazine things that there's a car service which will pick you up from Philadelphia airport. So he contacted them. It turns out that it was a new uh, a new company which was uh, just starting a new car service, and they were going to uh, the arrangements were made. He was put in touch with the driver, uh, the time, the flight, and the cost was going to be a hundred dollars. Great. So the person uh, flies into Philadelphia, gets his stuff, uh, was waiting outside, expecting that the driver is going to be there, and as they say in Jewish, nishda, driver doesn't uh, is not there. So he calls up the driver and says, uh, I'm waiting outside. Uh, I'm waiting to be picked up. Uh, how, uh, you know, what's your estimated time of arrival? And the driver says, oh, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot about uh, picking you up. And I'm in Brooklyn at the moment. And it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to come and in, uh, in, in get you. So he said, what am I supposed to do? He says, I, I don't know, but I can't get you because I'm, uh, you know, more than two and a half hours away from where you are, three hours away from uh, where you are. And it's not, uh, it's not possible for me to, uh, to get you. So obviously the uh, the passenger was none too happy about uh, about that. He thought everything had been arranged. He thought he was uh, uh, on his game with everything being proactive and everything being uh, being arranged. So now uh, standing in the airport with his stuff, he has to start calling uh, taxis or other car services to see if, uh, if how he's going to get himself to Lakewood. And the best that he was able to do was arrive for one hundred and forty dollars. So it's going to cost him forty dollars more than he anticipated. And he uh, he gets in the uh, in the car and he gets himself to uh, to Lakewood. Now, as one would expect, because this would be true, I imagine, if it was any one of us, the whole time that you're in the car from Philadelphia to Lakewood in that hour hour fifteen, so you are simmering, if not uh, a rolling boil of anger at the driver for it for forgetting about you. And not only did he forget about you, which is probably the biggest insult, but his forgetting of you now is costing you an additional forty dollars. So your mind starts churning, certainly all of you who are here, who have Chosha uh, Mishpat experience. So your mind starts churning and say, hey, I wonder if that driver who didn't show up is responsible to pay the additional $40 which I had to spend because he didn't show up. So you go ahead and you get to Lakewood, you get yourself settled wherever you're staying, and you say, okay, I'm going to call up Rabbi Shaffel, and I'm going to find out what exactly is Allah, does he, owe, does he have to pay that amount? Does he not have to pay that amount? What exactly is going to be the halacha? Okay, so when Rabbi Shaffel answers the phone, his response is going to be, great question. Let me go ahead and speak to my friends in New York. So here we have uh, some uh, Mar Makamos, the uh, the relevant um, uh, sources, which address this uh, this Shiloh. So it's obviously, it's not just this Shiloh, it's Shilohs which are similar to this, but it's an important uh, uh, number of principles. Okay. So here we begin with a Mishnah in Bab Metziah. I think it's the beginning of the, the sixth parak, the sixth or the seventh parak. But it's over here, Ayin Hei So Mishnah says, Sachar Esachamar Vesachadr. You went ahead, and we'll just translate uh, uh, simply, you went ahead and you hired a driver. 
lahavi priprin v'chalilim v'kal olames, because there was a chasna or there was a funeral, and you needed either a band to show up at the chasna or you needed some flutists, which is what they used to have at the, at the funerals, but you went ahead and you hired some people to go ahead and to uh, be part of the event of either a chasna or a funeral. Upal in lahalos pishtanim min amishra, or let's say you had flax, which was soaking in the flax vat, and once the flax is soaking in the flax vat, if it's not removed by a certain time in a timely manner, so the flax goes bad, I don't know exactly what the process is, but the flax goes bad, and therefore time is of the essence. So obviously all three of these employees, so I need the job done now, and if you can't get it done now, I don't need a chasna band tomorrow, the chasna is today. So if you can't show up today, so it's already too late. And the Mishnah says, any other employment where if it's not taken care of, it's going to be a loss, a loss in the sense that it can't be done tomorrow. So and the employee that you hired, who said that they were going to come and they're going to do it, that employee goes out in his chose, they retract, they renege on their agreement, they say, we're not showing up. So if there's nobody else you can hire in place of this employee who's now quitting on you in the middle of the job or perhaps before the job begins, so you have two options. You as the employer, you have two options. Number one is is that's the one we're going to discuss, that you could hire somebody else potentially as a replacement for that uh, the employee that quit. Omatan, or you could go ahead and you could fool the employee. Fooling the employee means you could say to the employee, "Listen, I understand that you don't want to you don't want to complete the job. I'll pay you double. I'll pay you triple. Just you can't leave me. Uh, you know, after the first dance at the chasna, you can't just walk out uh, without the second dance and the third dance. It may even be a mazinka or something like that. You can't quit now. I'll go ahead and I'll double or I'll triple your uh, what the, what I was going to pay you." And then the band leader says, okay, for double the amount you're going to pay me, I'm willing to go ahead and stay for another, uh, another uh, couple of hours. Then when he finishes the job, he says, okay, I'd like my payment. You say, here's the, uh, the check for the original agreed upon amount. Because since he's not allowed to quit, so you're allowed to matan, means to mislead him. You're allowed to trick him into thinking that he's going to get paid more, even though you have no intention of paying him that additional amount. Okay. So as we mentioned, Shabbos, you can only get away with that once, which with each employee, that only works once. Uh, then they, uh, they get wind of that, of what uh, you did to them, and they don't let that happen again. But our thing is going to be socha alayim. What does it mean to hire an, a replacement employee? So now, source number two is the first Gemara, which comments on, this, uh, on the Mishnah. It says, When is it true that uh, the, the only recourse is just to have a complaint? Is bedavar shein avud. That's assuming that a person quits on a job which is not time sensitive. Let's say your landscaper quits in the middle of your uh, of your lawn. So other than looking bad, there's nothing really essential about cutting your lawn today or tomorrow or next week even. So, but but there's one set of halachas in the event that the employee quits, and it's not something where time is of the essence. Ava bedavar avud. But in the event we're talking about something which is a davar avud. So that was a phrase like we had in the Mishnah, that you could go ahead and you could hire somebody else, or you can mislead, you could, uh, you could essentially lie to the employee to get him to stay on and finish the job. Now, Ketzad, um, no, that's so, okay. Ketzad Matan, so how do you go ahead and mislead them? Omer you could say to them, Sela Katsatsi Lachem, Bo Tzushtayim. 
I agreed I was going to pay you a seller. So I'll go ahead and I'll pay you two sellers. Just go ahead and finish the job. That's like we mentioned. That now in the event that you hire another employee to go ahead and place the one that quit. So how much are you allowed to offer the second employee, which seemingly is going to come at the first employee's ex- expense? So Misha says, or the, sorry, the Gemara says, the Bryce says, at our zoos. So it could be even 40 or 50 zoos. The assumption over here is that the assumption of the postgim is that you're going to hire them to, uh, to pay this much higher amount, this much higher uh, rate. And that is somehow going to come out of the pocket of the original employee. Uh, I shouldn't say that. That's going to come at the expense of the original employee. Now, what, is it, uh, what does that mean? Um, So now, what does Rashi say? So Rashi says that, uh, let's just jump over to the second one. And we say, but in the event that the employee quits uh, on a job where time is of the essence, so in the event that you wait, and you can't find somebody else to finish the job at the same rate. So your painter quits in the middle. He was supposed to paint uh, three bedrooms goes ahead and paints one bedroom and then quits. So you need the other two bedrooms to, uh, to be painted. Let's say uh, Yantif is coming in the uh, time is of the essence. So, and if you go ahead and you hire somebody to do the remaining two bedrooms, so that'll cost you the same amount you're going to pay the first one for all three. So there's a higher rate, whatever it is going to be. Even according to the higher amount. So what's the halacha? So Rashi says, So in order to get the job done, you could hire the second employee for an amount which is greater than you had committed to go ahead and pay the first one. So this is going to be a key phrase, as we're going to see, that you're going to go ahead and that you're going to pay the second employee even more than you had agreed to pay the first employee. Now, where does all that additional amount come from? So here again, the Gemara even later on says, So what does that mean? Does that mean the first guy was going to get paid $100 to, uh, to paint the, uh, a, a bedroom? And now he quits in the middle. I can hire the second guy for a million dollars? You know, now all of a sudden I have a, a lot of friends and I have a lot of brothers-in-law who are willing to paint the room for a million dollars. So what, what exactly am I allowed to do? What are, what are my parameters? So Amr of Nachman, so Rav Nachman says, Ad So up until, it literally means up until his salary. Now here is where we get into a major debate regarding the meaning, this phrase, these three words, Ad So this is one of the key uh, debates in this, uh, in this whole sugya, in this whole uh, discussion. What exactly does it mean that I could hire the second employee, Ad to an amount equal to the first employee's earnings. Okay, so here, as we're going to see in sources five and six, so we have a major uh, debate, major disagreement between Rashi and the, uh, and the Rush. And there's different, el- there's different components of this debate, but let's go ahead and I think we're going to touch upon uh, two of them. So Rashi says, so he says, we'll just have to use uh, uh, simple numbers. So let's say you hired a person to go ahead and paint the room, paint two rooms for two hundred dollars. 
Okay, you're out. And the painter goes ahead and paints one room, and then he quits. He doesn't like the racket. The kids are running around. The kids are making noise. Whatever it is, he doesn't. Uh, he's not. He's not interested in finishing. Velo kiblo klum. Now you didn't pay the painter anything yet. Because he only painted one room. You're going to pay him $200 upon completion of the two rooms. He only painted one room. So theoretically, you owe him $100, but you haven't paid him anything yet. So what does Rav Nachman mean when he says, Sochar Alein, you could hire a second painter at the first painter's expense? What that means is, Yosef Lachem Vigmru. So I owe the first painter $100. I could take the $100 that I owe the first painter, and I could add that to the amount which I'm committing to pay the second painter in order to go ahead and complete the job. So if the second painter says, listen, for one room, I charge $200. If it was two rooms, it would be cheaper. But for one room, I charge $100. And you're thinking to yourself, I owe the first guy $100 for the one room. Now for the second room, it's going to be an additional uh, it's going to cost me $200 to do that room. That's a grand total of $300. And I only wanted to spend $200 on the painting of the rooms. You still only have to pay $200. You pay the $200, which you had originally committed. And you're going to go ahead and you're going to um, take the $100 that the first painter earned. And you're going to go ahead and you're going to apply it to the second painter's salary. So you can end up paying him. You end up really paying $200. $200 goes to the, uh, to the second painter, but, uh, but, the, but that's going to be, um, uh, um, uh, that's going to result in the first painter not getting paid anything whatsoever. So you use the amount which he earned and you apply that to the, uh, to the second employee and you end up paying $200 out of pocket for, you got two rooms painted and the first painter by quitting when he's not supposed to, he forfeits the $100 which he earned. So that's the way Rashi learns, uh, that's the way Rashi understands the, the Allah over here, that if you do half a job and uh, you want to quit in the middle, you decide that you're going to quit in the middle, you're not really allowed to quit. But in the event that you do half a job and you quit in the middle and it's a davar ha'avud, so what that means is, is you're going to, you may forfeit all of your earnings and the balabas, the employer who hired you, is going to take the money which you had earned and he's going to use it to pay the second employee. Yes, Ellen. Okay, but don't we also have the rule that when somebody does something for you, you have to pay them for it? Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad we got this straightened out. <laughs> so, the, the, yes, yes. So generally that you're referring to Reis Samach Dalet amongst other places, where we say that uh, that even if I go into your, your field without permission and I, and I make a capital improvement, I owe you money. So correct. So I owe that I owe the employee money, but he forfeits that money when he goes ahead and quits in the middle of the job, and I have I get to use I get to use those funds to pay the second person because really we say to the first employee, listen, if you want to get actually paid for the for the uh, the work which you did, finish the job. But if you're not willing to finish the job, so then uh, then I, I get to use those those funds which were originally earmarked for you. And I get to go ahead and apply that and give that to the uh, to the second employee. But he's already forfeited the second hundred dollars. But he he never earned the second hundred dollars because he never did the the full job. Right. He, er, he earned a hundred. Right. Exactly. So he's he is, um, 
He's foregoing 100, and he is, what's the other word? He's, he's not relinquishing, he's... He's putting, the, he's putting the first 100 in jeopardy. Yeah, right. Um, now, I assume if the second painter charges $150 for the room, that the, the other 50 he has to give to the first painter? Right. Correct. Right. That's why that's I, I just I, I chose simple numbers. But, uh, but yeah, once uh, as numbers uh, fluctuate, so it makes it either more dramatic or less dramatic or different types of uh, different types of drama. But yeah. What if what if the uh, first painter had an excuse? He fell off a ladder and broke his leg. Right. So uh, Onus, the uh, the uh, he, he uh, he's off the hook. This is when he uh, he quits uh, when he's not the, when halacha doesn't allow him to do so. Okay, thank but you. If there's an onus, yes, then he gets the then he gets the quit. Okay, now so that is Rashi's pshat. So Rashi's pshat is that when the first employee goes out and quits in the middle of the job, so he, uh, he the uh, the money which he earned so is now at risk to going to the second employee to cover the additional amount that the second employee is going to charge in order to uh, to complete the job. Okay, that's the risk that one takes if one quits in the middle of a job when it's a davar of. Now, what does the rush say? The rush says, Socher alein umatan bad kama. So he said, you get to, it's up until his, his salary, Pirish Rashi. So first the rush starts with Rashi. And he says, Ad mashabal bayis tafis mischaro. So he puts it in terms of, maybe I'll go backwards. He puts it in terms of that the amount that the balabayas, meaning the amount that the employer has, which is already due to the employee before he quit. So that money can be applied to cover the second employee's salary in the event that it is greater. Now, Vyeshma Forshim now comes along and he says that, no, different shot in Ad-Kedeh It doesn't mean what the first employee earned which is based on the amount which he already did, but yesh mefoshim bekefel scharo. What it means is, is that since the painter was going to be offered, was uh, what the, the agreement was, he's going to get paid $200 to paint the two rooms. So if the second employee says, the second painter says, I'll do that second room for $400. So then you as the, uh, the balabas, you could hire the painter for $400 you'll pay the original $200, which you had committed to pay uh, the first painter for painting both rooms. And this, in the first painter, not only does he forego the $100, which he earned, but he's going to have to kick in already um, $200 out of pocket in order, to cover the, uh, in order to cover the expense. So according to the rush, scharon means whatever the original amount that the, that the first employee stood to earn, that's how much he's on the hook in order to pay, even out of pocket. Kedamrinan, and he says, we have precedent for that. And then he says, uh, okay, brings the proof from the Rishami. And then he says, so that's going to be point number one. And then in terms of how much is at risk, we're going to highlight both things in a second. But then he says, the, at the end of the Rashi, he says, Lafi Rashi, im kvar paralehen, lo yito mehe According to Rashi, if you actually already paid, let's say the, the painting was going to take place over the course of two days. So the painter paint, the first painter paints one room on Monday, 
And then he says, okay, I'll be back tomorrow morning, first thing to go ahead and paint the second room. And then overnight, he decides to quit. Now you, sorry, he finishes the first room. He says, listen, I know the agreement was that we're not, the, that it's $200 for the two rooms and I didn't do that yet. But uh, right now it's at the end of the month and I don't have any money to pay my family. Do you mind paying me the $100 for half the job, which I did, and I'll be back in the morning and I'll complete the job for the, uh, for the, uh, the, the remaining $100. And you're a nice person once. And you say, sure, I'll go ahead and I'll do that for you. And then he calls you uh, Monday night late or Tuesday night morning saying, you know what? I decided I don't want, to, I don't want to, uh, to paint the other room and you'll have to find somebody else to paint the second room. So according to Rashi, once you already paid the first employee that $100, he never has to go into his pocket and pull that money out. The only right that you have over that first employee is the money which he earned, which you did not yet pay him. But if you already paid him the $100 and he has it in his pocket, so this halach, according to Rashi, this halacha does not allow you to, requ- does not mandate that he go reach into his pocket and give that money back. So it's only whatever he's, whatever's owed to him, you're able to use, but not what he actually has. Another nafkamina, another difference between them is going to be that according to Rashi, and this is going to be relevant for the case of the, of the driver over here, According to Rashi, where the only right that you, the employer, have over the employee is to take the money which he earned for the work which he did, if he quits by a dover oven before he ever starts the job, i.e. he drives to Brooklyn rather than Philadelphia, so he never actually began the job for you, so since you don't owe him anything because he didn't do any job, according to Rashi, there's going to be no recourse against the driver. Whereas according to the rush, since you're on the hook for the full amount, and it doesn't make a difference whether or not he, uh, whether or not, uh, he earned that money, either way, he's going to be on the hook to pay the full value of the job which you committed to pay him, even if that means that he's got to uh, reach into his pocket and go ahead and, get the, and, and, and cover that expense. So that would be true, even in the event that he drives to Brooklyn rather than Philadelphia, he would still be on the hook for that additional uh, amount. Uh, and seemingly, we would say, according to the rush, that uh, that the, the according to Rashi, if the driver doesn't show up, so although he did something wrong, he may not be financially on the hook for anything to cover the additional expense. But according to the rush, one could argue that the driver is going to be on the hook because now that I have to go ahead and get myself another uh, driver, and that's going to cost me more money. So that is going to be at the according to the rush, that's at the original driver's expense. Good. So far? Okay. So now... Yeah, now um, so according to the rush, he could hire the second driver for up to $200, and the, uh, and the first driver would have to reimburse the extra 100 Right. Correct. Right. Right. So the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the, the balabas over here will say to the uh, driver, listen, I did you, if I, it's, it's a big tow I did for you. I found a driver for $140 rather than $200. So I actually, by, uh, by finding this, I saved you $60. Yeah, yeah. So now this machlokis becomes something which is critical in terms of halach lemaisa. So how are we going to pass on halach lemaisa over here? Whether we go like Rashi, whether we go like the Rush, suddenly both the balabas and the driver now are at the edge of their seats, wondering whether or not there's going to be a reimbursement for this additional $40 or not. So source seven over here is Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch here goes that comes along and says that Ketzad so, uh, uh, so what what exactly is the procedure of Socha Alein? 
this is the option where you're going to hire the second employee. So socher alam parling. So you hire a second set of employees or a second employee. Vigormi malachtan shlotova. And they go ahead and they complete the job to make sure that you, the Balabas, don't suffer a financial loss. And then, any additional amount that you pay the second set of employees, uh, in addition to what you originally agreed to pay the first employee, so the, the additional amount that you're paying the second painter, uh, above and beyond what you had agreed to pay the first painter, no tell me narishoni. So that's going to be collected from the original person, the original employee. So that's like the rush. Ad kama, up until how much is the original employee who quit, how much is he on the hook for? We say, ad kedei scharan shawishonu, up until the amount that you had originally committed to pay the first employee. So Shulchan Aruch is passing like the rush. So being that Shulchan Aruch is passing like the rush, so right now, the Baal Abbas is quite thrilled with this because that means that he is still only going to have to pay $100 to the second driver and the additional $40 which he's, uh, that, that it's going to cost. So that additional $40, that's going to come out of the first driver's pocket because by quitting in the middle over here or by quitting before the job begins, so he's responsible, he's on the hook for up to $100. And the fact that he's only going to have to pay $40 out of pocket rather than 100 so he should give the uh, the employee a yashikach rather than being upset by the fact that he's now on the hook for that uh, that that, uh, that $40. And that'll teach him a lesson to uh, to not keep good uh, good uh, track of uh, who he's supposed to pick up. Now, what, what's the rationale over here? So the shach explains that uh, Lomar says, whatever the, he's commenting on the end over here, Yosef says, whatever you have to add on to the second one. So he says, Lomar, in other words, the amount, the rate which you had agreed, or the amount which you agreed to pay the first employee, so you're able to add that on to the amount which you're going to pay the second employee. And that means that you're going to go to the first employee and say, listen, you send him a bill. He thought that he was going to bill you $100 for the ride. Now it turns out that you are billing him $100 for the canceled ride. And here, the shach emphasizes what we said from the, uh, the opinion of the rush. And that is going to be the first employee is on the hook for that $100, even if you didn't pay him anything. And he didn't earn anything. He's on the hook uh, for, out of, uh, for this, uh, that $100, even though he didn't do anything to earn any, uh, uh, even one dime. Kagon. So what are the numbers? Kagon. Shesachran bebeis slime. So you hired the uh, employee for two sela, two, $200. The chosun. And the first employee goes out and quits in the middle. And you didn't pay that first employee anything. slime. So here, you have the number explicitly. So the shach says that according to the rush and according to Shulchan Aruch, you could hire the second employee for double, up to double the rate of the first employee. So you could hire him for now four salah rather than two. And then you go ahead and you send the bill of two salah to the first employee and say, listen, you owe me two salah for 
having either started the job and quit in the middle or having left me high and dry already to go ahead and to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, for for a job to be done and you didn't even show up and now it would be a a complete loss. So here it seems to be that the matter is over and done. Yeah. Okay. So the this allowance. We'll do one more thing before we see the uh, before we see the final Rama. So this allowance to so go ahead and uh, hire somebody um, for uh, the. Uh, the additional amount. So here the Kesef HaKadoshim says a very important thing. So now what you're thinking to yourself is when you hired the car service, so you were expecting that you're going to go into a, uh, the, the car which may pick you up, maybe a Toyota Corolla. So you're in the backseat, you've got two pieces of luggage. So you're in the backseat of a Toyota Corolla with two pieces of luggage, not very comfortable, but for the hundred dollars, the cheap ride, you figured, all right, so I'll sit in the, on top of the luggage. Now that you know that you have to hire the second driver, you now have $200 available, 100 of yours and 100 of the original driver. Now you're going to go ahead and you're going to call uh, Uber XL Luxury, and you're going to go ahead and you're going to go into Lakewood in style. You're going to get uh, you know, some, uh, some fancy uh, uh, Cadillac uh, SUV to go ahead and take you there because I've got an extra $100 to spend. So I could go ahead and I, could, uh, I can maximize that and use that to my, uh, to my advantage and ride in style. So the Kesef Kadashim says, you're not really allowed to do that. He says, meaning you can't go overboard. You can't go ahead and start being spendthrifty and uh, spend uh, uh, more money than most people would go ahead and do in that situation. What you're doing is you're trying to get something comparable to what you had originally hired. So you have to get a similar category of car or a similar category of ride and you can't go ahead and say uh you know whatever the the case would be whatever the the numbers are but you can't go ahead and start just wasting money because you know it's going to be at the other fellow's expense anyway so why do i care why i don't have to be um thrifty at all with the other driver's money he should have thought about that before he went ahead and he ditched me by uh, by not showing up for the ride okay so that so that's an important uh, piece to keep in mind and um okay now with source number 10 so now we begin to see that the analysis heretofore uh is not necessarily an exact parallel to the case that we're discussing so the case in shulchan Aruch over here that we're discussing the case which is in the mishnah let's say is a case where um there was flax which was in a vat the guy or even perhaps even before the flax was in the vat but the guy agreed to assist in removing the flax from the vat. And now that he quits, so I'm going to be left unable, incapable of being able to remove the flax from the vat. And as a result of that, I'm going to suffer a out-of-pocket loss. All that flax is going to be lost, and that's going to be a major blow to my business. Okay. Now, is that the same thing as a ride to Lakewood? So, here the beginning analysis. So here, the Ramah says, and this is in source number 10, he says that, now, uh, this is uh, an earlier part of the Sif, or actually, it's a later part of the Sif. The, the Ramah says, So let's say you hired somebody to do a job, and you couldn't find anybody else's replacement. So the job didn't get done. It happens sometimes that you, uh, you, wanted, it, you wanted a job to get done, and it didn't get done. So in such a case, ain't Paulin, 
So the employee who quit or the employee who didn't show up is not responsible to pay for that loss. Now, what does that mean? Vidavka, and here comes the key phrase to understand what they're most talking about. He says, Vidavka bedavra avud mamun. And this is why uh, your understanding of the phrase davra avud suddenly gets thrown off. Because over here, we find out that there's such a thing as a loss, which is not a financial loss. What's an example of a loss, which is not a financial loss? So here we have to go back to the original Mishnah. We'll just swing ourselves back up. So you remember that we were talking about somebody who hires a band, Lakala Olames, let's just say Lakala. So he hired a band to play at a chasna, and the person, the, the morning of the chasna, the band says, you know what, we're quitting. We're not, we're not interested in playing. We're out of here. Say, well, you can't do this to me. I, I have a chasna. You can't have a chasna without the music. It's, a, it's impossible. He says, I'm so sorry. Go ahead and find another band, but we are not showing up. So you tried your best. You spent all day going ahead and searching for a band, and you couldn't find any band. All the available bands were already taken. They were already booked, and you had a chasna without music. Okay? So it's a davravud. The chasna was memorable, but for not, not for the reasons that you wanted. Uh, and now, as a result of that, so it's a, so that's a davravud, the fact that he didn't show up at the chasna, but it's davravud she'en shamamun. There, there's no, there's no uh, financial loss which you suffered as a result of the fact that the band didn't show up. So in such a case where if you couldn't even find another band to replace the one that quit, and now it's already after the chasana, so there's no recourse whatsoever to go to the band and say, listen, I was going to pay you $3,000. If I found another band, you would be on the hook for $3,000. You owe me $3,000. In such a case, we say, no, no, too bad, so sad. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that they didn't show up. The person is a Russia, is a dirty, rotten scoundrel for quitting on you for no reason whatsoever. But there's no recourse because you didn't suffer a loss. An example would be a, a tutor who quits or something similar where if they quit, although it's annoying and although it's going to constitute some sort of uh, a loss, it's not a financial loss. Aval, bedavar. But like we've been saying, in the event that the person quits, and as a result of that, my flax goes bad, it gets ruined and it's unusable. So in such a case, so then the employee is going, the, the employee who quit, even though he wasn't replaced, so now he doesn't have to give up the $200 necessarily that, uh, that he would have earned, but he would have to go ahead and he has to pay me the loss of, that I suffered, the financial that loss that I suffered as a result of the fact that he quit and now all of that flax is lost. Rabbi Schaffel? Yes, Bob. Uh, couldn't the person who wasn't able to get to, uh, let's say he wasn't able to get to Lakewood uh, for this sasana, what about the money he was out for the airline tickets? Excellent. Right, so now, so thank you. So this is where uh, a number of questions have to be asked. This is where um, uh, we would say, if somebody called on the phone, we say, "Listen, we need to get the, you know, we need to speak out all the details uh, with uh, with, uh, with all the people involved in order to go ahead and make sure that we're we're passing uh, correctly." So one point that uh, that Bob raises is we have to consider what exactly is a financial loss. 
So in the event that a person was flying in just to get to a chasna, and then he was flying out the next morning, so obviously the cost of that ticket, the, 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 uh, the ticket is considered to be a loss because without being able to go to the chasna, if I miss the chasna because I can't get there, so then the, uh, the money which I spent on the airline ticket, that would certainly constitute some sort of loss. Let's say that was not the case. Let's say the case was you're going to visit family uh, for an extended weekend. So if I don't get there now, so I'll get there uh, in a few hours from now, or I'll get there, let, let's say the person said, listen, I'm in Brooklyn now. If you're willing to wait, I'll wait. Uh, I'll be there in, uh, in three hours. So are you obligated to go ahead and wait for him for those three hours? Because it's, uh, you know, what, what financial loss is there? Or in the event that there's not, by the time he comes, uh, by the time he's available, your son or daughter or brother or cousin or somebody could go ahead and pick you up for, uh, you know, a- a- after work. So you may end up getting a, a ride for free. So in order to be able to collect anything whatsoever, so the passenger has to be able to demonstrate that some sort of loss by having to go ahead and uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, uh, to get another ride. Now, this raises another interesting uh, 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 point of consideration. And that is, let's say, because I remember I told you at the beginning that you called this uh, car service in Lakewood and it's a new business. They're just getting uh, started. So right now they're charging $100. Let's say the standard rate is $140. Most people charge $140 plus, and this guy was doing it in order to get his business going. He was giving you a cheap rate in the first place of $100. So now that it's costing you an additional $40, is that considered to be a loss? Because one could argue that, listen, had you not hired me in the first place, how much would it have cost you to go from Philadelphia to Lakewood? It would have cost you $140. So I had given you a cheap price, but now that I can't get th- come through, so I'm not causing you a loss. I'm just withdrawing the cheap fare, which I was able to provide, for, I was going to provide for you, but it doesn't really constitute a loss. A loss is going to be where if everybody would have charged $100 by, if you reserve in advance, and now that it's not reserved in advance, everybody charges $140 just to jump in a car and get a ride. So then that may actually constitute a, uh, a, 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 a Dover oven. That may constitute an actual loss because I could have hired, if I didn't hire you, I could have hired somebody else for the cheap rate. But if nobody else is available for that cheap rate, then it may be may very well be that the person that, that's not considered to be a Dover oven, it's not considered to be a loss because you wouldn't have been able to save that money anyways. So that's another factor which has to be considered when uh, analyzing this uh, this uh, this Shaila Lamaisa. And now we'll go back to what uh, Charlene had mentioned earlier, which was the issue of an onus. So there's a general uh, uh, halachic uh, uh, question, which has to do with whether or not forgetting is a pshia. Do we consider forgetting something to be negligent on the part of the person who forgets? Or is forgetting, in a sense, considered to be like an onus? <clears throat> and if, uh, if we were to say that forgetting is considered to be an onus, so then we may be able to, uh, then the, uh, the, the driver may be able to uh, argue uh, on the Charlene side by saying, listen, I was an onus that I forgot. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't my fault. People, for, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I just forgot. And therefore, if I forgot and it's an onus and I can't get there anymore, that may also be an exemption from him having to pay that additional $40. Also, another factor which has to be considered in these types of shilas is 
whether or not the uh, employee needs to know that this is a davar avu. Do they have to know? Because the, the mechanism by which the employee becomes responsible, whether you go like R- Rashi or whether you go like the Rush, but the general, uh, the, if I were to ask any of, if any of us were to be asked about this thing outside of this context of our discussion tonight, so our immediate reaction as Chosha Mishpah people would be that grama is pater. Whenever you cause an indirect loss to somebody else, so you should always be pater. So here, by, by the driver not showing up, indirectly that causes the passenger to have to go ahead and incur an additional $40 expense. So that should really be considered to be a grama. And as a grama, we would say that the driver is not going to be responsible. The very fact that Chazal take it as a given that the driver, that the employer who quits is going to be responsible. So it's a major discussion in the postgame, three or four different approaches that the postgame have to go, the Rishonim and the postgame have to explain how it is that the employee became responsible for this additional $40, which he never, he, he never committed to, or perhaps the equal uh, amount equal to his salary like the rush. How exactly did he, he become on the hook in order to pay that additional amount also is something which is a, uh, a very fascinating discussion, which, uh, which, uh, which, which uh, uh, the different approaches could, uh, uh, there's uh, certain nuanced differences between those different approaches in terms of when there is going to be liability and when there's not going to be liability. So this is something which, yeah, I'm going to get to you in one second. But... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.